0: Welcome to the SWBL podcast presented by 1356 Public House. I am your host Brian Benware Um, and before I introduce tonight's guests I have to make a couple corrections from previous podcasts because I have been taking all kinds of slack for it. Spencer Bogad was a three-time MVP not two-time MVP so I have to say that and then the Athletics were not an original franchise. I think I said that twice they actually came into the league the second year of the franchise. So now that that is out of the way, let me introduce my guys tonight, my friends. Uh, John Calloway, the brand new captain of the new franchise, SWBL White Sox. How are you doing, Johnny?
1: I am doing well, Brian. I miss you. Uh, miss the Astros, but excited to take on this new venture with my crew. Yeah.
0: We're going to miss you too, man, but we're excited for you and pumped to see what you do. And then uh, Ed Lodonnan, Uh some people did rank him number one in the player rankings. We don't know who, but he was ranked number one. So congratulations on that feat, Ed How are you, bud?
2: doing great. Thanks for having me. You Can you imagine what would happen if I didn't, I mean, somebody didn't rank me number one? I would have been like, you know, out of the top 20. And I don't I don't think that's deserve it, you
0: know. No, for sure not. Yeah, especially after you win so many championships. So
2: that's exact, exactly right. It's a team right. sport, so team stats are what matters. So right,
0: right. Well, uh tonight, guys, we're gonna talk about um, the schedule release. The schedule just came out um and we're also gonna just kind of touch real quick on the draft. The draft just happened this week. Um, and we're gonna kind of dive in a little bit to game one. Edlo does the color commentary on that, so I'd really like to get his impressions of last year, and he's also doing it again this year, so we'll kind of dive into that specific game uh, as part of the schedule, but really, that's kind of what we're talking about tonight, so let's just jump in, all right? Sounds good. Cool, so let's just start with the draft. We'll touch on this real quick. We had four rookies drafted this year. The Expos took a familiar face around the SWBL Park in Jack Light. So the youngest rookie to ever play in the SWBL. Uh, the Athletics took a former baseball player at Drury, uh, Evan Kuo. Um, And then the Rockies took two ro- uh, rookies, Jason, I'm going to say it wrong, buddy, sorry, Worstenholm, maybe, that
2: and Adam good. North.
0: I, it looks right. This is the way it's spelled. So, um,
2: yeah.
0: yeah, Jason Worstenholm and Adam North. They are both MoIF uh, captains in the MoIF league, our or sister league. Um, and, uh, they have wiffle ball experience. So we'll kind of see, like, I know we don't know a whole lot about these guys. I think we we probably know the most about Jack who's been on the earth a lot less time than these other guys, but, you know, (laughs) expectations, what are your, what are your guys' initial thoughts on these rookies?
1: I'll take, uh, the first stab at this headload. So start with Jack. Absolutely love it. Uh, from like, who we are as a league perspective, but also in the sense of, like, he might actually get some (laughs) at-bats. Yeah. Uh, But it's been really cool to see Jack grow up um, and how he's uh, just grown athletically. Because, you know, Jack's always been that kid that every single season has run around, hit balls, thrown them, um, and he's been taking some good strides. Over the years, I feel like these past two years, he's really like grown physically. Yeah, um, which is really cool to see. Just from again, who we are as a league, right? Like family oriented. Um, we all put a heavy emphasis on that. And whether we, whether it is true or not, um, that move could potentially be uh, a move where Jack is leading the league. You know, ten years from now, mm-hmm. and he's the one that's doing everything that we're doing, right? So I think there's a probability that that's, that happens. Um, But speaking towards Evan, I actually know Evan really well. Uh, We play golf a lot um, whenever he's down in Springfield and um, I actually play on their Drury alumni golf uh, scramble group every time. That's cool. (laughs) And obviously I'm not a Drury alumni, but we also played softball together uh, when he was still in Springfield. Um, Really crafty dude. I think the, the Cardinal division uh, should be a little, a little scared of him, honestly. Um, I think Evan might have a tough time adjusting with speeds, but uh, at the same time, like, that dude has made so many balls dance, um, where if that translates in the slightest, which we know it doesn't always, um, the A's might have found their ace for mm-hmm. the long term. Sweet. He, he was a pitcher at Drury, right? Yeah, southpaw. Yeah. And he, oh, and he really? cut people up. Good, he, huh? he, yeah, he's, he's, he, he cut people up, dude. And he was like all all state guy at Parkway Central. Um, yeah, so if he has any, any ounce of his actual pitching game with baseball translates, it's going to be scary. Good to yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Any actually, other stuff, Noah? You want to touch on maybe the Rockies? Youngster? Yeah, well,
2: I mean, first of all, I actually know Evan Coe as well. Uh, play baseball with him a little bit. Very nice guy. Uh, I agree. Apparently there's the rumblings are that he's some weird little wiffle ball freak and he's been playing his whole life ever since he was like two born with a bat in his hand. So he could be very good. I was looking at his Twitter trying to kind of see what kind of guy he was, you know, you know, is, is he the same guy he portrays online as I know him? And it looks like he just tweeted uh, on March 7th. He said, hey, FedEx, you have lost or stalled a package for two days that contains family-sensitive information. So he's having some trouble with FedEx recently. Let's hope that does not affect him in the coming season and he gets that figured out. Um, I wanted to touch on Jack Light. Um, I You know, I haven't seen him play in quite some years, really. I've only seen him practice. And what I've seen in him practice two or three years ago, I have no doubt I could three-pitch strike him out. And if he's going to pitch to me, I'm going to take him over the wall every time. However, the fact that I haven't seen him in two years and people are talking so highly of them does kind of freak me out to see if he's gotten that much better.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, we, you know, the White Sox will have to face an Expos led team by Jack Light twice. But, we, you know, you and I don't have to. Um, I we Jack actually played in summer league um, and got a good amount of at-bats too I I can't quite remember but I know he did he did a post-game interview um so I know he got a couple of bats made made a couple swings I saw him hit a couple almost yard last year too so he has grown I do remember like coming into the league I think that first year he was like our official scorekeeper remember he was running around with chalk and writing on that old chalkboard
2: Um, he he had trouble with his sevens I think he hopefully he got those uh the right way around this time yeah
0: yeah. Well, those, like I said, those, those other two rookies, the Rockies uh, rookies, Jason and Adam, they've gotten wiffle ball experience. They do play fast pitch. So they're not going to be as far behind the curb. Um, you know, fast pitch to slow pitch. We've seen guys struggle that come in nationally. Um, but we've also seen some of our rookie of the year winners come out of that pool of people who've, who've got wiffle ball experience. So um, that kind of leads me to my next question. If, if you had a pick out of these four guys, the, uh, the kind of leader, the, the preseason leader and, and the Rookie of the Year award, who, who would you pick to win that award?
1: I can't speak for Ed Lowe, but I feel like the unanimous decision should be Evan, uh, just given his sheer athleticism and the, the talent that on the surface he has on the other guys. Um, man, I mean, speaking towards the whole Rockies dynamic, um, it's been pretty shattered I'd say over the past year or two with how many transitions have taken place and this year Kyle leaving uh, all fantastic dudes really enjoy them personally but I, I they're tier two team uh, I hate to say it but I think this year is going to be pretty rough and signing two guys like that Feels like them just trying to patch something together and throw Hail Marys to see, hope it works, right? Yeah. Like, like Blake and Brian can only do so much mm-hmm. in these scenarios. Yeah, well,
0: it'll be interesting, you know. And I'm gonna do an interview with with Blake um, to preview the Rockies, but you know, everything I've heard is Grant used to pitch and was a heck of a pitcher. So we'll kind of see what happens on the mound with Grant. But you know, the other two, the other two guys, like I don't want to take any a lot away from them, but they also played in the summer league too. So they're a little bit familiar with our style of play. I mean, I I know there are different rules with summer league, but um, you know, I I think that if you had to bring in new people, like having guys who are semi-familiar with our style, our field, who play wiffle ball, like it's a smart move on Blake's part for sure. But yeah, I think but like, why,
1: what does it say because they're just stacking?
0: Like,
2: do you not, do you not have confidence in your guys then?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I
2: think I think Evan is probably the chalky pick, you know, that's who you think you want a guy who's got some athletic talent, but I feel like when you sign with the Rockies, you just become uh weirder and more of an enigma. And I just kind of want I want like a real wild card pick. And that's why I'm going with both of their guys. That's who I'd want. I'd want either of those guys because I don't know. them. And I think you're the Rockies, you're just going to be kind of a little bit off. And I like that in a Wiffleball player.
0: Yeah, Perfect. Yeah, the, um, it wouldn't surprise me to see any of those three guys win it. Um, I think the fan favorite is going to be for Jack. I think everybody's going to be rooting for Jack to get it for sure. Um, yeah. And honestly, like with the Rockies, as we were kind of talking about piecing a team together, I, I feel like on the A's, Evan's going to get a lot more playing time compared to, you know, is Blake going to hit five? Or is he going to hit four and so one guy's sitting and then, you know, is it going to be one of these two is that is the number two pitcher or is it going to be that thorough rotation of like a number three pitcher and you're giving Grant more time on the map, too. So it could come down to innings pitch. It could come down to at bats. Um, and I think Evan might have a little bit bigger of an edge on in those categories. So well, let's move on and start getting into the schedule a little bit. Game one was just announced. And um, if you didn't see it, it is the Expos at the Astros. Um, so that rivalry is going to be featured in game one. And um, a big reason I asked Ed on tonight was because he is the color commentator, like I mentioned. So I kind of wanted to get your, pick your brain, what, what your experience was kind of behind the scenes, but also, you know, just being a part of that last year. And then, um, maybe kind of where you see that aspect of what our league is bringing to the social media with game one. Like, where do you see that going in the future?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think game one's a, such a fun thing to do. It's a cool experience and there's a lot of good creative guys in the league. who can make these videos and the, the highlights that just are just really fun to watch. And a lot of people told me last year, they loved it and uh, they had a great time doing it. Or watching the video, so I would like to do it every every year if Sam has me back on, and I also think that it's going to move towards doing you know one a day, you know. So there'll be a Friday for first game of the year, there'll be a Friday, maybe a Saturday, and just try and set them up and do a few times a year. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's just a really cool experience. I'd like to do them all that way, but obviously it just takes so much time and effort. Um, you couldn't do it, but um, I, I really like I really like the team selection for this first game too I think uh when you get two teams that just you know hate each other as much as the Expos and Astros do I mean up and down the roster just like arch enemies back and forth they really just don't like each other that's when you get really good fiery fiery games and I think the Expos coming from their championship down to last year I think they're in a make it or break it year where they have to either prove that they're good enough to win it again or just make everybody realize that that championship year was a fluke. And I feel like you guys on the Astros are a prove it year two. You know, you guys have been building, getting better every year, and you need to take that next step before, before, I don't know, maybe there's a shakeup or something coming. I could see it. I could see it. Yeah. Well, you know,
1: kind of... I was going to just it? kind I of echo a few things, but, like, you know, to the emotion, right, like we got a lot of emotionally driven dudes on both of those teams um some that let it fuel them and some that impact them pretty negatively right and Edlo I would say that last year you know the Astros did prove a point um and not to pat my own back but there you know obviously is a gap to fill um with my my leaving that that's a reality from the statistical perspective and I think, and my hope is, because I have a lot of confidence in Brian as a captain and coach, is they're going to be coming out with, like, full 110% throttle. And I think the energy from winning the division carries right over to game one, first pitch. Like, guys are going to be
2: even hungrier.
0: Yeah.
2: I'm excited to see it.
0: Yeah. That's my hope, Um, for sure. You know, one thing – historically we've never won our first game. So that's something that kind of plays into a little bit of a, a monkey off the back aspect of that. But we have had success um, against the Expos lately. Uh, we were the only team to beat them twice the year they did win the championship. So we put up, I forget what the run differential was, like 23 to four, Jesus. something crazy. But at the same time, you know, you got one of the best pitchers on the Expos in Jimmy and, um, And now you also, they also have their second pitcher is a former Astro too. So that, that kind of plays into this storyline as well. So um, with this game, I wanted to ask you guys, so pick a winner and then give me a score prediction.
2: Well, I'll take that one first. I think, uh, I think to me, the magic that they created when the Expos won it was just everything that they had in the tank. I think mm-hmm. – I don't know if they have anything left to carry over. I think, <laughs> I think it's good for them that they're getting two games out of the way on the first day so they don't have to worry about being too hungover on Sunday and having to knock out a couple of them. So, But I do think that the was come out real slow, and I could see the Astros winning this game by a mercy rule at Ooh. 12 to nothing. That. That's, my, that's my official prediction. See, so
1: similar. My that was my thought logic minus the mercy, but I do think it's going to be ten to one. I think they're going to get. I think like Expos will go up one zero in the first inning. Astros maybe put a blank up, and then it's just pour it on downhill for pour it on them. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm telling you, man. Like, even though we knew how the White Sox were shaping up, and that I was leaving Astros before the end of. Did you guys hear that? We did. Oh, we're good. You need Ooh. to go? My wife's probably going gonna... <laughs> she to. She's got it.
0: It's a family show, everybody. Is that Palmer?
1: Sorry. Let him write it out. He's calming down. Unless he jumped out of the crib.
2: You never know. That Callaway uh, that Callaway vertical.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like four inches. Um. <laughs> But no, I think the the emotion and the drive has been there ever since like the final game of last season for the Astros. Mm-hmm. I know Ben has been in those conversations, and I'm out now. But like
0: talking to some of the guys, they're <laughs> they're ready to get back and win. Yeah, it's been a long off season for sure for the team. What's your prediction, Brian? I I have to abstain because <laughs> right now I'm the host of the podcast, um, but you know, the games have always been good, um, between the two, um, you know, they, they beat us early on in in our franchise and then we've had some success, like I said. Um, so I imagine it's going to be good. You know, it feels a little bit like the Expos are going to have a bit of a new look. So it's kind of hard to say exactly what's going to happen on their side, but, um, even if they take some steps back toward, you know, a formidable team from last year, I don't know if it's more of a rebuilding year for them. Um, but so we'll see. Um, so, but I'm not going to do a prediction. Um, I hope we win, but, um, it should just be fun to be a part of it for sure. So, um, after that guys, let's just jump into a little bit more of the schedule. So first impressions, like what, when, when, when I, you know, when, when you got a look at the, the full schedule for the weekend, what were your first impressions? And it can be you know, your team, if you want, it can be something like if it stuck stuck out here, you know, right away, even if it wasn't your team, what'd you think?
1: I, I feel like outside of the Marlins, everybody's going to have a lot of very long days. You yeah. know, that's, it looks very fairly spread out.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's a little bit, and we'll get into each team a little bit, but um, there's a couple big gaps for a few people, um, but especially one team, like I think it actually helps them a little bit having a huge break that they have. But um, what about you, Ed Do you have any initial thoughts or was it more looking at, you know, the twin schedule?
2: Yeah. So obviously Sam got my threatening letters that I've been sending him for the last three years to stop scheduling me at first in the morning because I don't have a first in the morning game and it's crazy because this is the first year ever that the twins have not had two, uh, seven fifteen AM games. Mm-hmm. And you start to realize that if you get a reputation for drinking and having fun, you get preferable schedule treatment. He puts you later in the day because he doesn't want you to show up. And being that I have, you know, Chris Metter, who doesn't drink very much and Spencer, who's usually pretty moderate about that stuff. Will, I mean, you want to talk about him, he loves to get wasted, but they know that we're going to be up in the morning and that we're going to be there. So he can just schedule us whenever he wants. So I see the schedule and what I could definitely see happening is a rain delay and him just taking wherever the twins are and just putting them, you know, Sunday at 6am. So I know that's going to happen. And I'm just, I like the schedule how it is now, but I know that at some point Sam is going to find a way to personally screw me.
0: Yeah. Well, you guys kind of lucked out. You have no games on Friday either. And then you didn't end up with any games to start a day either so i'm not really sure how you did that uh maybe chris and spencer just said we're gonna boycott if we have to play an early game we're not coming and sam said we can't do it and then obviously he's scared of you so whatever you said in your letter worked so
2: yeah it's it's squeaky wheel gets gets the grease and i've been in sam's ear for maybe 13 years now to stop scheduling me like shit so he finally did it for the first time i don't know what i did but um, yeah uh, i appreciate it
0: Yeah. Well, let's jump into the twins real quick. What were your aside from that? Did you have any other things that kind of stuck out to you? We'll kind of talk about each team as we go. And since we're on the twins now, let's just jump into them. What I thought was it, you know, I wrote, it seems really balanced, um, but you do have two games Monday. So. You know that that's the one thing that kind of stuck out. I think two games on Monday is not a bad thing, especially if you're getting hot right before the playoffs Um, And we all expect the twins to be in the playoffs. So what did, uh, did you have any other thoughts on it?
2: Yeah. I mean, we all know that this division that we're in is just a cakewalk and there's literally no chance we don't make it out winning the division. So uh, really if you're just going to save a game to the end of the day, like our last game is Marlins, which, you know, depending on who they pitch, I know they got a couple, they got a couple weirdos that throw some crazy stuff in there, but you know, our last two games on that Monday are, our uh, Rockies team that we all are kind of thinking is on the downturn and then uh Marlins team who's not really shown and proved anything yet. Although I do like their team makeup. I think they're going to do better this year. I think we kind of walked out with it with just the luckiest and easiest schedule we possibly could have had. So all right. very confident in this one. And I think it's going to be another trip to the playoffs and uh, it is, you know, the year after a championship. So that almost guarantees we will not win the championship. You know, you never went two in a row for us. So, um, but we'd like to get to the playoffs, you know, maybe maybe a nice couple of playoff games and then afterwards lose the championship, go jump in the pool. Yeah. Sound oh. a bad.
0: yeah. Crazier things have happened. You guys were the first team to ever break the uh, preseason ranked number one curse that happened last yeah. year. So, you know, getting it's been a while since we've had back to back winners. Um, in fact, I can't even. Was it the Rays? Don't, don't even it? say don't don't say the team name.
2: We don't want to hear any, any more about the race.
0: But, yeah, it was Okay, that's what I thought. I don't want to hear any more about the race. All right. Uh, Johnny, what did you think of the White Sox schedule? It's pretty spread out. I think
1: we – like, if, if, every, if we're just looking at this from any team's lens, it feels like we got screwed a little bit with having the last game on Friday and then the second game on Saturday. Uh, but here's the thing. A majority of my, our team, like, probably perform well, better in the morning. Um, you know, Ty doesn't, doesn't drink. That dude is laser-focused, and he's going to be, you know, one of the cornerstones of our team. Defensively and batting leadoff, but then the beauty of Jackson, I think he does better when he's blacked out. So uh, <laughs> um, he, the way he performs is like a bell curve. <laughs> like he, there's a, obviously there's a breaking point, but like when he's at that apex, like it's probably, I'd say probably like eight to eleven drinks, uh-huh. and then it starts going south. But again, my hope is that like eight a.m., we're not at the top of that bell curve. Right, right. Mm-hmm. May, maybe from the night before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still from the night before. <laughs> yeah. But here's here's the beauty. I always stay with him, even if I'm not on his team. Oh, um, nice. Okay, right. So You can just be with him? What first yeah, thing, dude. I know, and like every I, dude, Yankees. I'll be in his basement. I walk up the steps, get him a water, some some G two,
0: uh-huh. a few
1: pills open his mouth, just guzzle it in. You yeah. Know? Then massage it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's ready. Give him 10 minutes, get him a McMuffin. And he's yeah. like, Jackson ace. Yeah. Right? Um, And then yeah. I think, you know, I got really dependable guys, right? Like they're willing. And this sounds kind of funny. Just talking about ball, but it's like, they're so dedicated to winning and want to be consistent in whatever they do, whether it's ball, work, family life, like, we got we got a set of dependable dudes.
0: Nice, yeah. Well, and that Derek,
1: like, Derek, yeah. kind of everybody's like super pumped to have a consistent leading role in a team. Yeah. like I'm, I'm not playing, I'm not going to play defense this year.
0: Okay, so let's be, not get too far ahead. We still got to do your captain interview, bud. Let's not break I'm too not, much, bro. Ahead. All so,
1: right, man, you, think so, I'm playing over, you think I'm you think I'm playing over Ty? Come on. It's a nice life not having to ever get out right. the field on those hot summer days, I'll tell you that much.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's why I'm, that's why I'm hitting squats, guys. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking for power more power this year. All right. There
0: you go. Well, yeah, like you said, the dependability, you know, when we were talking before the podcast, that you, you have two games, early games, Saturday and Sunday, you have early games. So that dependability, yeah. um, kind of maybe it's like transitioning from the twins to the White Sox a little bit. Maybe they're they're yeah. also they're also
2: probably close to the youngest team on average. Yeah, so it makes sense that they should have to get up earlier than me, right? I, I got know, you're one you're one year older though. That's John, John John John. That's three hundred and sixty five days of wearing tearing on these bones, and and you know you know how hard life can be nowadays. Yeah,
1: you don't have much to deal with. I mean, soaking wet.
2: You're probably like what one forty. I'm All walking bone. there, just going through, yeah
1: yeah but but here's the deal too you made a good point brian like saturday morning 7 15 first game rockies Mm -hmm. horrible horrible in the morning Yeah, Mm -hmm. good point not good right great matchup like that's a strategic play for us
0: yeah yeah for sure it'll be exciting um We'll jump to the Astros. We'll kind of, if we can, like take a look, guys. But we're going to touch on everybody, um, and I'll I'll kind of lead us off and just say, hey, these are what I thought, and then you can add anything if you want. But um, you know, when I looked at the Astros schedule, we finished with four straight away games. Was the big thing that kind of stuck out to me. Um, oh, yeah. All of our, all That's, of our, yeah. yeah, all of our home games are front loaded, um, which can be good because you know if we if we win a lot of those games and we're going to be going into the back half of our schedule kind of up and everybody chasing us, but at the same time, like having to come off and be, you know, playing sort of in that weaker position as the away game, especially leaning into the playoffs could be tough. So that was the thing that kind of stuck out to us um, or to me. Um, Did you guys see anything else with the Astros you think would maybe mention?
2: No, I think uh, you're right. It's that that four game at the very end there of just all-away games. But yeah. I will tell you, there is some, to me, there is some magic juice about being an away team in the SWBL. I mean, they didn't have an away uh, championship winner for like six straight years mm-hmm. until like two years ago or something like that. So,
0: mm-hmm. I don't know. I wouldn't be <laughs> that. That,
1: that can make or break. Like, that puts a lot of pressure on depending on where you're at after the first two days. Like. If you're if your backs up against the wall, that's a tough four games. Yeah. Man. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's um, you know, it's Rockies, Yankees, A's, Orioles. So, you know, we finish out the last two games in the division. Um, but those other two games, you know, they're they're not I mean, like we said, we think the Rockies might be down a little bit, but they're still a, you know, they made the playoffs every year, so you, you can't completely yeah. count them out. So yeah. Um, and then you got the Orioles
1: too, who, yeah. yeah, they're a tier three team, but like,
0: yeah, but on paper they, <laughs> yeah,
1: like they should what, be three
0: a, Hall of Famers on that team.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, you got guys that are hitters and pitchers, yeah. and I mean, yeah, they shouldn't they shouldn't be a tier three team. Yeah, right? so like we could all agree on that.
0: Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so then let's jump over to uh, the A's, and. <clears throat> Based on when I was looking at the schedule for them, Saturday looks like a gauntlet for them. It looks like the day that they have just got to pull their socks up, go to work, and try to get through that day, even with one win, two. If they can go two and two that day, that would be a huge victory. But they're running White Sox, Orioles, Rockies, Twins. Yeah. That is a tough day.
2: Yeah, we got that. We got them at 6:30 p.m. We're gonna put them to bed, nice, quick mercy rule, and send them off so they can get ready for their 8 a.m. the next day. Yeah, I think uh, I think the A's they have so many players that they're gonna be deep. So I think they'll have a lot of you know energy in the tank. Mm-hmm. So you know they might be able to handle a, a, a murder schedule like that, where it's just like game after game after game. Better than other teams,
1: because mm-hmm.
2: again, I don't know, they could bat six, as far as I can tell.
1: Yeah, they could. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you you make the good points associated to having a deep roster, sure, but my logic as a player and now captain is has always been let your your guys ride. Like, and i found that most people in this league, legitimately, like maybe just not including Benware, have a really hard time managing. A roster full of six plus people.
2: Yeah, grown man going forever. out
1: there, right? Like what? he's and Brian even he, Edlo said you've been doing it forever. Oh yeah, and to that point, even more like Brian sat out ninety five percent of the year last year, so to put the team in a better position, and the five percent he did come in, which is wild when you look at the stats associated with him actually playing, like. Home run. Like, I think it was like better, like a thousand percent.
0: I went <laughs> two for two with two home runs. I slugged 4,000. I had that. three RBIs. And I- they're like
1: super, super clutch moments
0: too. Yeah. Yeah. It was the Rockies. We won like by one run or two runs that game. So yeah, it was crazy. But, but yeah, it just
1: it gets increasingly hard when you have guys that want to play more. And if you're not willing to, put your firm down or your foot down in a firm, but kind way in terms of how you communicate it, like things can blow up really fast with your team culture.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. Let's jump to the Expos. And we kind of talked about them with game one, but um, you know, the, the thing that stuck out to me was, so they have six games before Sunday. They'll be over halfway through before the, Full second full day even starts.
1: Yeah, fifty percent of the games on day one are them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and then they're done by noon on Sunday. Oh yeah, and then they don't play again till the Toilet Bowl game, which is the last game of the the year. So they have this huge break from noon on Sunday all the way to the last game of the season, which was kind of what I alluded to. I think it actually helps them because then they can just rage. Um, you know, third day, and then have a nice late wake-up that next day. Um, yeah, but their season's going to gonna be game.
2: determined by yeah,
0: – They'll know by then for sure.
2: But oh, their season is determined after game one. If they lose that game, they're not making the playoffs. There's no chance. If you look yeah. at the rest of the schedule, there's just – there's not enough wins that they can tie out. If they if they don't beat you guys, it's – there's yeah. just no way. Like, if they go 0-2. Yeah.
1: It's, yeah. And the first day they're done. And I, I don't mean to be just crapping on them. I do. But like, like I, I don't see it this year. I don't. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't, I do not see success in the slightest for the Expos this year. And that is my take.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: I was just looking at the first couple of games. So they've got Astros, White Sox, Rockies, Yankees, White Sox, Orioles, all in the first six games. Yeah, that's brutal. You're that right. you right. If they don't win that, if they don't win, if they don't win, the, they game won. One, they're going to be they're going to be zero and six probably. Yeah,
2: could be. They definitely have a shot. I mean, yeah. Again, again, this is the same team that won the championship two years ago. Yeah. So not that crazy, or three years ago, but anyway, not that crazy to think. Well, roster is different though, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, they don't
0: have bread. They don't have.
1: And isn't, Shoot, uh, on and no, it's Peter and uh, not John. Let's, let's see Well, yeah, John's there. not
0: there now, also. Yeah. And he was like no. the heart. So you've got Kevin, you've got Jack, you've got Jeremy Worrell now, you've got Jim. They, they need, they need Jeremy and Jimmy too. Close be... is there and Germer's there.
1: Guys, what are we talking about?
0: I was just going through the roster. Well yeah, I know. Well no, no. like
1: my no, I know what you're doing. I'm saying it as, in a way of like proving a point. And yeah.
2: Stats don't lie. But Although, like, do you remember do you remember I think my wild card of the year might be Matt Gromer. Do you remember last year how like every single time he'd be up, he would just hit a home run whenever they needed it?
0: He did he was so clutch during their run to the championship too. Like every yeah. time he came up to bat in the playoffs, he was so clutch either get, you know, a hit that driving a winning run or hit a home run. He was very clutch. So, yeah, yep. so,
2: I mean, if eggs puts together like a great season and, you know, Jimmy's going to be there and Matt puts in his, his, his clutch moments. And then Jeremy has been like a statistically good player under the radar for quite some time. I guess I could see it. Like I'm talking myself into now thinking. Yeah, that the but their defense is now. so
0: suspect now.
2: I'm not, I'm not drinking that Kool-Aid at all. at all. I tried my best.
1: I, I hear what you're saying. And it's like, yeah, we could play this what-if hypothetical game all day. And it goes both ways. Like, really good teams on paper could just crap the bed. Yeah. But
0: well, the hard thing – When you, do, you let happens. the
1: data tell the story and, like, what's going to happen in the future historically, right. like
0: – Yeah. But, right, you know, we probably – a lot of people were probably saying similar things the year they did win. So, nobody – I was. I right. was. So that was one three years in a row. Yeah. Let's jump to their opponent in the toilet bowl, the Marlins. So they have three games on Monday, um, which they're the only team that has that kind of schedule. So they they've got the eight a.m., the ten fifteen, and then that eleven forty-five toilet bowl game. So that was the thing that stuck out to me. Um, you know, I think that they got probably the worst draw of anybody from a division standpoint. But you know, when you're that bottom team, um, and and I've been there, like. It just happens, and feels like sometimes you're like, man, can't even catch a break here. But any, let me ask you this, Brian, real quick.
1: Like you're talking about the division, and it slightly takes away from, you know, the Marlins at hand. Like, why did the White Sox get put as a tier two team, and why the Orioles get put as a tier
0: three? So it was based on basically the way that the players worked out what they did was they took who finished better right so because you were on the Astros and you were the three seed in the playoffs and then um yeah Jackson and Ty which Jackson Jackson Royals and Yankees yeah they ended up in second place at the end and losing in the championship but then you had um you know the I don't think the the Royals weren't Barely made the playoffs. So that, that played into it too. And then you had, you know, the brewers, they didn't make the playoffs, but, and the Expos didn't make the playoffs. So that's John and Peter. Right. And then, and then Brett too, because Brett was on the Expos. So all of that weighed into it. So when they were basically looking at the new teams and trying to decide where to put them based on last year's performance of the individual players that comprised each team, you got the bump into tier two while they stayed in tier three.
1: And mostly, you you really knew about that.
0: I was not, yeah. I mean, (laughs) I I asked a lot of questions (laughs) about it, and it was mostly also because, like, you would have, like, one team had to replace where the Royals finished, and technically, they would have been a tier one team. But because they disbanded and the way that things went out, it bumped the Astros actually to tier one. And then because of the Brewers and the Expos finishing in tier three, that's why they stayed and replaced kind of the Brewers that way. So, that's kind of how it worked out. And why it was that way on paper? They don't look like they, they both look like tier one, tier two teams. So, but that's the way it tra- kind of planned out this way. So, um, speaking of the Orioles though, I, uh, you know, the thing I wrote was it seems the most balanced and mostly I saw that because you go away, away, home, away, home, home, away, away, home. Like, it's very back and forth. It's got, feels like pretty good breaks. You don't have huge weights, but you don't have, you know, too long. You've got four games Saturday, four games Sunday, um, and then your one game on Friday. I don't know. know. It just seemed seemed like uh, it either worked out that way or Sam was very careful about where he put his team. Of course.
2: I mean, that's always the answer. Do you think that you think that the answer isn't that Sam schemes his way somehow, but I mean, the 1230 PM slot is, is tough because that you can't get lunch before sometimes you're too rushed and then you you can kind of go after, but then you're eating like a mid lunch dinner and then they have a game at 5 PM and then you're supposed to go out after to get dinner you're all sweaty. It just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's a weird, that's
2: a good point. Cause like you look at Saturday and
1: it's like, all right, unless you get breakfast before, their their first game, which, their... which by the way,
2: breakfast is provided to them by the hosts of the people who were playing the games at. So mm-hmm. hmm. yeah, like
1: mm, convenient. Yeah, right. Because it's like eight forty five is they play they go one in one one off one back. Yeah, on Saturday, and then they play at twelve thirty. Yeah, and it's like if I'm if I'm if I'm them, like I'm not eating my meal at ten o'clock because you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, what are you going to do? Eat a late lunch at three and then not eat dinner? Like, no, you're not. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Sounds fishy. Sounds fishy.
0: Yeah. So that was my take on that. Um, The Rockies, you know, to me, (laughs) that was your take on that as well. (laughs) No, sorry. That wasn't my take. That was a very good point by John. Um, I was kind of thinking ahead and talking too fast. My brain, my mouth was going faster than my brain. So life
2: of a podcaster, man. Yeah,
0: yeah, man. Uh, exactly. still working out the yeah. keys. But so my take on the Rockies, we'll jump to them. To me, it's like so, they've got a rough start based on their matchups, and then a rough finish. Um, you know, they got Orioles, Yankees, and then they get a little bit of a break. Expos, um, and then they're ending. They're ending with Twins, Astros. Marlins is kind of a cakewalk and then twins again. So that was kind of what I thought. Um, just, it seemed kind of, uh, they're going to have a bit of a lull in the middle, which if they start slow could help, but then if they, you know, start fast, it could kind of tear a little bit of the momentum down too.
2: So Yeah. I think w- one thing that we always find ourselves in the twins is weird situations in which we can, lose and send a team that we want to the playoffs or win and so it always seems like we find ourselves in that situation I guarantee you that Rockies twins game has some sort of implication to where like if we lose that game then the Yankees don't get in or if we lose that game the A's do get in it's gonna happen it always does every year so I look to that one as being a big game for them and I don't know necessarily us but it will be a big game for the league I think
0: yeah
1: it's a great point yeah, that's my take too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Um, all right. The last team we need to talk about the Yankees. Um, you know they they notoriously have struggled on Saturdays. Saturdays have been a a bit of trouble for them, um, and they've got the Orioles, the Rockies, and the White Sox on Saturday. So I wonder if and they did make it to the championship again last year. And with the roller coaster that we seem to see out of them, it makes me wonder, you know, does that come back into play? Maybe. I mean, you lose Jackson, but you gain Gus. So it feels pretty even there. Um, If not a little bit more production at bat, even though Jackson I think is a great hitter and he just didn't get the at bats. Um, But, you know, with their history, That was kind of what the first day I looked at for the Yankees was. What was their schedule on Saturday? Which I I bet Scott will do too.
1: Yeah, I mean I was a part of the majority of the up and down, Uh, so I'll I'll validate your point there too. But man, you know what really sucks for them is that there's so much weight on Kevin's shoulders from a production and standpoint. Like that we know that that plays a toll. On him physically and probably mentally as well, because we know that's all connected. But you would hope, right, that like the addition of Gus really allows them to, you know, if there there are any signs of a slump about to happen, Gus gets them out of that, right? Because it's like, to your point, like on the mound, yeah, they lost Jackson, but they added Gus. Pretty like that's a one two Cy Young typical conversation. And then you, you throw in Gus's back where, yeah, Jackson's getting on base a lot and he has a lot of clutch moments as of late in the box. But like, guys, Gus, Gus is always going to be in the MVP conversation
0: yeah
1: and Jackson is
2: not. Yeah. Well, neither of you guys have played with Gus, correct? No. Correct. No. So I'm looking at this Yankees roster and I'm looking at the old history of the Yankees and and. Hearing people say, "Oh, adding Gus is such a great piece," and it is for sure. Um, but I will tell you that weight you're talking about on Kevin's shoulders, and just the the fragility of Sam Bakula's performance—like he could just crack at any moment—and then adding Gus, the most pressure-filled person to have on a team of anybody in the league, it will absolutely break them. I mean, if you are—I don't, see, I don't a- think so
1: though, because a lot of that pressure is gone this year. He's not
2: a captain. Oh, Sam, see, like, if, like like other. Gus will find a way to make everybody real nervous for their futures if they don't hit a home run every at bat. If you turn around and you see Gus just silently looking, smiling after you strike out, you're starting to think like, oh my gosh, am I traded? Am I getting cut? Is he gonna trade me to the Marlins? I don't know. But Gus has that power over people that if you are not hundred percent sure of yourself, he will knock you down as many pegs as you need and you will falter. So again, yeah, you sound like a
1: you sound like a really mentally weak
2: person, Edlo. Mm-hmm. Where if you walk, if you walk in as a
1: Clydesdale, just a straight stallion, yeah, like I've been just flaunting the confidence of Johnny Bravo, like you get fi- You'll get through it,
2: right? Yeah. Like I've gotta I've, walk I've, in, you know, I've suffered first hands at the hands of, of of Gus, so I I'm just saying it's a tougher. Yeah, road I mean, road. look at you, man. Yeah, I get it. I know. Look at you. See the you see the bags under these eyes. Those are. Those are gus. Those are gus.
0: Those playoffs. are gus bags. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, then, so based on everything we've talked about, who has the roughest schedule? Like, whose schedule do you not want?
1: I think yours, man. I think that. I think the Astros. Uh, there are a lot of points that were made in how you know the championship or the uh, playoff spots come down to those last few games and. I think as much as I have confidence in your team, like the last four games are going to be a defining factor for probably every single team. And to be away in all of your last four games of the season, it's just a really, really hard spot. And we were talking about earlier too, like the Expos, yeah, their season's going to be decided pretty early on. But I, I, again, I don't think they're going to be a contender. So I'm not even like, who cares how slanted your schedule is if you're not going to be a
2: contender sorry yeah like yeah I think I think uh, it's very underrated how that first game being like uh, what is it a week or two weeks before the start of the season mm-hmm. how that can mentally affect a team and so I have to agree with John that the Astros schedule your guys schedule is is it either it either can be very tough which it looks tough or it could be very good based on however that start first game is, because if you win that game and you go one and oh and you have two weeks to sit on it, that is a completely different Friday or Saturday schedule you're walking into because Mm -hmm. Holy cow. Well, it's a
1: completely different two weeks,
2: right? Yeah,
1: Yeah. Leading up to that. And it goes both ways, right? It's like, if you're on the loss side, your two weeks is really crappy because you're the only team going into the actual tournament weekend with a loss.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's right. But if you're on the other other side, when you got to win, you get a ten-inch crank, right? You're yeah. like, hey, yeah, we, we did this. We're ready. Let's go. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think I think that Orioles, uh, uh, Astros game uh, at eleven a.m. on Monday has a lot of implications. I think I think that. Um, hmm. Not to jump, but I think the Yankees and the White Sox uh, at nine thirty a.m. I think that's my game of the year. But very close second i think is that that Astros Orioles game i just i can see that one having a lot of implications
0: yeah sunday should be or monday should be a lot of fun yeah so um i do like that that sam uh, did put a lot of divisional games on that final game final day you yeah. yeah. make it a lot of fun for sure so all right. Well, let's do um, a quick game. And um, it's just we're going to pick wins for each team over under. OK, um, and we'll go, John, you'll take the first one, but I, I want answers from both of you. But, John, you'll go first on the first one and then we'll kind of flip the order. So not one person's having to go first each time. All right. Okay. Astros over under six and a half game, wins. Over. I
2: think, I think six. I think that's a push. I, I could see them get. I well, could six see six and them.
0: a half. It's six and a half is the line. Excuse me. So. Excuse me.
2: Then it's six and it's under. It's All under. Right. Yeah, you guys are going to push and you guys are going to win a half of a game and then it's going to get ranked. No, yeah, I, I, under that for sure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, A's five and a half. I think I'm going.
2: I can't go under for everybody, but this one's an under too. I think that's – I think they're under there as well. I can't see them putting five, six, seven in a row, or period. So,
1: I take the under as well, and it will echo Ed Lowe's point. I just can't see them stringing much together. Uh, might get some wins here and there, you know, with that schedule. But here's the deal. With them, they're either going to be – yeah. I, here's here's my hot take. I say – under three or they're winning eight. Ooh,
2: okay. Like okay. I don't I don't I don't think there's a middle ground for them. Yeah. Chris Vorbeck's a good player. And I think if if they like really do a good job of roster management, they could win some, but I, like you said it's a good point. I could also see him losing a lot.
0: Yeah. And I should have prefaced this with I'm not a professional bookie of any kind. So I did my best <laughs> on the how do I design the how do I design it? Yeah. Yeah. Um all right. Exposed. Two and a half. Two. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh.
1: Oh, shit on them one time, Benware. Jeez. <laughs> That's I mean, so so I mean, they only won
0: two. They only won two last year.
1: I, I know, but I'm, gonna, and I'm and gonna say under because I'm riding that 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 train till I die for the season on what they're gonna do. I'm saying under.
0: Plus they got the Yankees and the White Sox in their division. That was kind of why I thought two and a half. Yeah.
2: And I have to say under then. Yeah, I'm looking and I'm trying to find. I mean, I just, I don't know.
1: I don't know if I can like find. Like, you'd almost rather be like, can you give me a max win amount yeah. that they'll get? And I would say three and a half, three and a half is that.
0: <laughs> like, I don't think I can.
1: Not, find they're three. not going to
2: win a lot of games. Yeah, I don't think I can find three. So you said two and a half? Yeah. They'll have some weird magic going on. I'll say over, just, but I think it's going to be like three or four. Okay. But I don't know. It's hard to find that. Sorry, I'm
0: trying to I should have kept track of this uh Mar, I same line Marlin's two and a half
2: that one to me is is under that's two I'm looking at him and I can see two right there I could also see them sneaking one in against us because we traditionally like shit the bed on games like that so but I still think I can see one for sure that I think is a good game for them no you know what at two and a half I'll go over. I'll say I'll say Marlins get three with a possibility to sneak a fourth. I can see it in the schedule right now.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go over. Um, I think that they might be able to squeak out some luck in some matchups simply due to because opposing schedules.
0: Yeah. Cool. Uh, Orioles six and a half.
1: And exactly. when you start getting it, yeah, I think so. When you start getting into those lines and those teams, like this is where it gets really hard to make your decision. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say under. Gosh. Yeah. I mean, they, I don't, I'm not, it's not going to be my much. Like, but at the same time, like, I think that they could sneak in yeah. with an under, with under that and
2: still clinch like a wild card spot. Yeah, that's a good line, Brian. You said you're not a professional gambler, but I think that that is a good line because I'm looking at it and I'm seeing and I could talk myself into both ways, but I think I'm actually going to go over.
0: Okay. Yeah. So you guys split on Astros too, and that was kind of my thought. They have the same – I set the same line for both those teams because I feel like it, it's going and to – And we
2: split on both. Yeah, yeah, it's going
0: to come down to one win between the two teams on who takes that division.
2: You're exactly right. And when is that last game? But
0: yeah, Monday. Somebody made a pretty good point. I think a few minutes ago, probably me. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Rocky's Rocky. It's a lot of six and a half, by the way.
2: I don't know. I don't know about six and a half. I think six and a half teams mighty rich for my blood. If I'm a betting man and I'm looking at the schedule and the Rockies are down a player trying to pick up some new guys. Although can I say something that, um, I'm sorry, I forget his name. The pitcher that they had last yeah.
1: year, it was,
2: it's Katie's. Yeah, uh, I knew Katie's brother, right? Yeah. First of all, outstanding guy, of course. But his knuckleball is absolutely, when it's on, better than Jimmy Nelson's knuckleball. Ooh. That ball, when I was in at bat a couple of times, that thing was legitimately doing corkscrews at me. And I was, like, taken out of the box and, like, getting people to come look at this. And be, like, what is going on? This is now, illegal.
0: He's using it, it,
2: substance. It felt like it. It didn't hit strikes when it was against me. But if he gets that and that pitch is on, like, that is a legitimate – that he could pitch it every single time. And, and people are not going to be able to hit him super hard. So, uh, uh, that was also a pretty said,
1: humid year at low, and
2: your glasses
1: oh, were fogged up.
2: Uh, yeah, I just I, couldn't, nah. I, I wore glasses last year, didn't even realize it in a couple of days. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Like, but glaucoma's anyway. flaring up. Could be. So, sorry, I, think, I, like, think that's, I, I think that's that's still below six and a half. If six okay. and a half is a number, it's still below. But I just I wanted to take a moment to give my admiring or my uh, admiration for that knuckleball.
1: I have a pretty blunt approach to quite a few teams this year, and I am going the under on the Rockies. Hard under. Hard under. All right. Like, I would, like I would say the line of like four.
0: Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Can I see twins. Eight and a half. Oh.
2: That's high. <laughs> is that the high, is that the highest over under of anybody? Yeah. To yeah. yeah. Well, I'm looking at the schedule. And again, like I said, that one year, I guess, I guess it was last year where we ranked number one last year is yep. that what it was pre-ranked yeah, or whatever pre-ranked. yeah and I just I'm like I'm envisioning in my head the end scores of some of these games and I could see them being close but I can also truly in my bones feel a 10-0 season so I'm going I'm going over I'm going over eight and a half
1: see I'm gonna go so I'll- I'm going to go under because I, I think this year is going to be a destructive season. Uh, not from like a record, not from a record or win perspective. Uh, I think your culture is going to really drop off a cliff. I think there are going to be guys that are going to be wanting to switch after this year. And maybe I'm starting to rumor mill, but like I've heard conversations being had of like, hey, do you think this would be a good fit? after after season 20, right? Uh, and again, like, I might be just like poking you with a stick here, but I might not be. And maybe I was in the middle of those conversations too. But...
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I assure you that you are more connected to any sort of rumor mill than I am at this point. John, like I'll be calling account. you
0: after we get done with this, for sure.
2: Uh, well, that's not surprising because I, I still to this day... I have not been re-signed for my new ten-year deal, so I I could walk out game one. And I could say I'm out. I mean, and yeah. for all Brian knows, it's like maybe Edel and I are the ones having the conversation
1: with. Him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh,
0: no, we're not.
1: We're not. But I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the over on the Twins. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm gonna take the over. But again, I think that some of the people on that team like change, and they're gonna want to shake things up after this
0: year.
2: Yeah, all right. Yeah, like me, I'm going. I'm gonna definitely leverage my Edlo to get a new deal.
0: There you
1: go. White Sox six and a half. Ooh. Am, I, am I am I going first? Is I think it
0: will be. No, I think this is your
1: third time in a row going uh, first. But whatever, that's yeah, all right. All right, no. Being I mean, no. You, hey, actually, no, Edlo. I just want. I, I'm not going to answer this one. Ooh, okay. I want to just i want edlo to take a couple minutes and really dive deep into that,
2: that brain of his like he always does and just let it rip yeah so i gotta say that of the eight six and five teams that there are <laughs> yeah. to
0: me to
2: me i like the white sox the best those are my uh, of the i guess you said it's the the you were astro six and five as well
0: yeah, so it's the Astros, the Orioles, Rockies, and White Sox.
2: Yeah, of those, for sure, I think the White Sox have the best opportunity to go over. I mean, I'm interested to see the Yankees one, but I won't jump the boat on that. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think there's a lot of players who like, especially Derek. To me, is like a next level kind of guy. See if he can take the next step in like the like the MVP direction. And John, I know that you always have production um Ty I feel like Ty did he have a down year last year to just feel like that I don't think he did though Brian right when we looked at stats it was he was a
1: top I think 11
0: yeah he yeah but but people he he didn't get ranked this year that's probably also he was he was a little streaky and so I feel like it depends on what part of the season you remember of his Was his beginning Um, like really bad I feel like he like felt like he started pretty slow
2: and it makes sense uh, that because it felt like it, after day one, it was like, "Oh, Ty's just having an off year," and I didn't pay attention to the next two. So
0: and the Royals he, struggled yeah. a bit too. So you know, nobody's going to put the blame on Ty or on uh, Gus or Sam. So oh, they, I will. They, I, will. 100% I will. They turn to Ty, and they just say, kind of like what you know, the nothing against you, Edlo, but everybody always says like the Twins go as the as Edlo goes. Like when you're. Hot, 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 you guys are so hard to beat, but when you're slumping, teams have a, a little bit better chance. And I think that's how they view viewed the Royals. Is if sure. I was slumping, like there was an opportunity. And so then therefore, if they struggle, they just blame Tyre and think he had a bad season, which wasn't necessarily right. the case. Right. I like he, batted.
1: he batted. He bet he was on his OBA was 525 last year.
2: Yeah. Well, I like your implication, Brian, and I agree with the fact that I am the most important uh, member of the Twins. So I agree with that. That's but yeah, I think I think if you look at this team and say that Ty is the barometer, because I I, I like Leon, I'm high on Leon as well, and Jackson's always going to be there too. So yeah, good good point, Brian. I think if Ty is the barometer and he had a better year than last year and doesn't start off slow, then I definitely think this White Sox is over six and a half.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I I put the line, Johns, just so you know why I thought that was like one t- technically you're O and O, we've never seen you play as a team together so there's a t- touch unknown but at the same time you know we know who your ace is and we know you have pitching depth but we don't know exactly how that number two spot's going to transpire and then right. at the oh yeah who
2: time, is your number two pitcher
1: I mean we we have Ty who has pitched before right and contrary contrary to our positions that I will not disclose per Brian's request, everybody can kind of play everywhere. Yeah.
0: Well, and like everybody,
1: like I'm the only one on that roster that hasn't thrown a pitch.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, and then um, I'm blanking on his name. We just talked about him. Leon. Derek. Derek. Thank you. Derek. Derek pitched for the Brewers last year got a got right. a runnings in and actually pitched pretty well but he only yeah. got a, he, we only got a, a little bit so that was kind of why I was like there's a little unknown until we see it out there like I'm just going to kind of put this around where like my minimum expectation is 6
1: yeah, yeah. like you're like, baby, you're gonna I wouldn't be but I wouldn't now, be
0: surprised to see 8 right you know
1: and it's like and we and here's the reality too is like we see this all the time it's like new teams we come out and just flop like, but like, I mean, I don't believe that. I don't right? think I can't does, believe But, yeah. but like, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, we could be, and it could just be by the strength of the games, right? Like we could lose, any team could lose by one run every single game.
0: Yeah, sure.
1: Right? Yep. So, yeah, I mean, again, I know I said I wouldn't answer it, but like, I'm going to take the over <laughs> on it. But it's just one of those things, like speaking towards the team chemistry and like the stars are aligned, Right. Like good team chemistry the skills there you have depth you just never know how this thing's going to shake out man yep. <laughs> i yep. don't know that
0: yep yep all right last team yankees seven and a half
1: <sighs> yeah i'm high on all the guys there um obviously i got a lot of yankee blood in me um I spent a lot of my time there i just Gosh, man, that's a that's a tough line. But again, like on paper, totally possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think I'm going to take the under, and that's like in strong consideration or thought process, just because that is a higher line, right? Similar to the Twins. Um, I think Yankees have a lot more to prove, and they're not as consistent as the Twins, but. I think like a realistic number for them too is they're really close to seven and a half, right? Yeah. Seven, seven's really good. Like they could probably do that this year,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but they don't have the, the the rapport with the league, with this team to say, yep, hundred percent, eight game winner,
2: like the twins do. Right? right. 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 Yeah. I mean, I agree with a lot of those things. Like I said, I've already had my opinions on, on what Gus's effect on this team is going to be. Um, and we all know this is just a stopping place for Gus. He's just going to keep jumping around every year. So they know that too. They're just being used. He's just going to get in there, get his reps, you know, maybe try and win a championship. But it's just the fact is Gus is cursed. He's and just you know never- he was, he's going to reunite with Sam at oh, some yeah. point. Oh, there, there's some sort That's- of – there, there's some sort of ulterior thing brewing here that like we like, you know, the skippies are six or seven steps ahead of us that none of us have even had an idea of yet, but yeah, there, he's right. this is a stopping place on the next. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Sam texted him day after season 19 and said, Hey Gus, you're going to the Yankees. We got to do this for one year before we do blank blank. And we'll figure out what that is. But uh, yeah, I think if it's seven and a half, I do, I do think that if I have the white Sox over six and a half i do have the expos under so there's a chance that they could get to seven and uh that's a tough division but i think it'll come down oh i'm gonna go under i'm gonna go under i just i I can just see them getting in their own heads i could see you guys matching up really good against them, brian and, and taking taking at least one from or taking that one from him i could see that but I but seeing say. to your point, Edlo, it's like you took the White Sox over, so you you're betting on us to win that division. Especially. I would. I I think you guys are. To me, I think you guys are the favorite in that division.
1: Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe here, not a paper technically because Gus wow. whatever, but I do think you guys. Well, have we have that. we have no paper. That's exactly there right. There is no. There's nothing here.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: it's just our names, right? But I think there's something that you pointed out and. I would say you know, a lot of confidence that like the conversations might not have gone down the way that you just explained between the Skibby brothers, but things were happening. Right. And when you look at, and this is, this is a take of mine, like, all right, next year, like both of those guys have opt out clauses. Right. So, and we know that they want to reunite that plan, whoever they want that third cornerstone to be has already been talked to yeah. right mm-hmm. and here's what i think i think and this impacts you ed is sam and gus they're they're not going to be even neither of them is going to be captain on the next team they're going to be on the same team but i'll tell you who's going to leave their team and it's going to be spencer bogad you think and i He's think it's going a captain be
0: since he was the indians captain right
1: and I, I think Bogut's going to leave the Twins and going to collude some way with the Skinny brothers and create the Golden State
2: Warriors of the SWBL. Right. Well, I, do, I will tell you, just so you know, that I do have a murder-suicide pact with Spencer, that I will kill him if he leaves my team. Just so you know, that is, that is part of it, that I will kill him.
1: Well, maybe, maybe, maybe you're the force going with it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're bringing Edlo. I, I not
1: mean Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe that's Who it. Who knows? Bro. Yeah. I could see it happening for sure. So, all right. Well, thanks for that. I mean, we, we spent a lot of time on the schedule. The uh, the last topic I want to cover is something I'm calling the unknown. So this is not something uh, that they are aware is happening, but it's basically a, a five question. you?
1: can you can you tell me what this is about again? can you can you define unknown real quick? it's it's what we it's what we don't know. Did oh, I catch definitely. that correctly? Yeah, okay. yeah. thanks.
0: Sorry. Um, it's all right. So basically, it's just it's a little bit to get to know these guys on a, a bit of a personal level. There' will still be some SWBL takes in here, but um it's really just to uh, bring a little bit of uh, life to these individuals and uh, let us get to know each other a little bit better. so, Um, We'll kind of do the same thing, just both the answer, but take turns going first. So, Edlo, you're going to go first this time. What is your go-to St. Patrick's Day drink?
2: Well, I'm actually drinking it right now, and it's blurred out. It's like Guinness. Okay. Yeah. Guinness. Surprisingly, like, so talked about a lot as a like a a, like kind of a, you know, well-known beer, but Really, still a good beer. I think I think properly rated, maybe even underrated for how popular it is. I do like them on St. Patrick's Day, but it's about one of the only days I buy. So all right.
1: Johnny. Okay. Well, I feel like we are like obligated to say whatever we're drinking right now. (laughs) We are are reporting on
0: St. Patrick's Day. I didn't say that, but
1: yeah. Yeah. So I'm just gonna go with the Modello with Lime. Yeah. Uh, super diverse, applies to a lot of holidays and casual scenes uh so yeah modello Especial. there we go very irish, very <laughs> irish.
2: <laughs>
1: super irish right uh, very irish
0: <laughs> who is your favorite player not on your current team to watch in the swbl like who are you just a fan of uh, i go first yeah, yeah. okay
1: man That's really tough. Um, Man. I don't want to give, like, just, like, a super cliche answer, like, one of the top three guys that's always an MVP race. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would have, like, I would have said Ty here because I really like how he hustles and works hard. Like, I like dirtbags, Mm -hmm. right, in the sense of, like, they're scrappy, they're gamers, they work hard. Um. So maybe on to that point, I will say Cam Smith. Um, ah. he has a lot. He has a lot of tenacity. Mm-hmm. He can shove on the mound, but to an extent, he's almost an entertainer at the same time.
0: Nice. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. I think. Uh, I think my favorite person to watch play is uh, Paul Castellano. I feel like he's got the old you know, heritage of winning all these championships, and then he's going to play for the love of the game um, for the A's. And, and I do think still to this day that when Paul is on and his uh, left to right fastball is coming in on a right hander, I still think he's got a great, great pitch and he can shut out some teams if he's on. um so he's always been one of my favorites to watch and just a very stoic personality too you can't get anything out of him I try and make him laugh when he's playing and he doesn't break ever so yeah he's my he's my favorite player to watch
0: he got brought up in a previous podcast but he's one of the only people in the league that's been nationally ranked in all three facets
2: oh wow Mm -hmm.
0: and pitching dang so do it all guy for sure
2: yeah all right and he does it all in tennis shoes yeah (laughs) oh yeah that's an underrated point yeah. yeah, imagine how good he would be if he was really more team. cleats. Yeah, right. Jesus.
0: Crazy. All right, you both have been in the league for a long time. Um, so bring back one alumnus to play for your team.
2: Lord, I'll, I'll go first on that one.
0: We are having the alumni game, which is why I thought of this question. But okay. Do you have the rosters for the alumni game? Um, they were tweeted out recently, or at least a few of the. Players who are confirmed coming
1: are Edlo. While you are you going to research that real quick?
0: Yeah. So here, so far, this is the people who are confirmed. That doesn't mean this is the entire list. Andy Oldenburg, Rob Walters, Grant Stewart, Corey Griffin, Craig, somebody, Craig, Boyd, yeah, maybe.
1: Boyd. Uh, Chris Whitehead,
0: yeah. Ken Shippy, Andrew Light, Nick Meyer, Dave Many. Maybe Jeff Bertram. Maybe Jeff Bertram. That's what it says. Not confirmed. Chopper.
2: Yeah, so you you mentioned very quickly that I played in the league for a long time. I'm actually one of the few, few players to have played in the first season, actually. Yeah. So I I, I need to talk to Sam and get that uh, written in my bio that I am a 20-year veteran of the league. Um, But I think my player that I would take. Is uh, an old guy that not many people know about. His name is David Shores. Uh, he wasn't. He didn't care very much to play. He was like you know too cool, kind of just you know, swung one handed. But uh, he was always one of those guys who was a real blue collar player, put it all the line on the line. And I think his you know his career average maybe one of the worst ever. But uh, I think I'd like to bring him back just to see see how see how he's doing. You know,
1: awesome. Yeah. So I knew mine the second. You asked the question uh, to give you guys an idea of why I chose him. It goes back a little bit. A lot of these guys graduated with my older brother, Austin. Um, and my freshman year of summer ball, we won state. And that coaching staff consisted of a bunch of 18 and 19-year-old dudes. <laughs> uh, and it was Mike McNichols. Uh, Dave French, Roger Birch, and my choice, Andy Oldenburg. Ah, good call. Is he? Is he run. Is he on the actual right
0: now?
1: No. no. Oh, but the okay. roots run deep there. Um, there's some history. There's some success. Uh, Stand-up character guy. Mm-hmm. Um, his dad scared the shit out of me when we were at South. I'm just kidding. He was actually a fantastic administrator, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Andy's for sure my pick. That dude's rock solid, and he he would be an instant two point plus in culture if he was on a roster.
2: Good pick. Good pick.
0: Nice. All right. In a made for television movie, who would play you in your life story? Hmm.
1: Yeah. So this is just like who you want to yeah. play. I guess uh, so. yeah. Yeah. Hopefully I don't hopefully I don't say some cheese dick. <laughs> like man. Uh man, I've always <laughs> I'm gonna sound like I've been thinking about this for a long time now. Uh, <laughs> maybe like Jason Bateman. All right. I can see that. Yeah, you know, like you okay. just like casual times, kind of a wild card at times. Um, but hopefully pretty consistent. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he just plays a lot of different roles in a lot of different movies and shows. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think it would be a good fit. He could, he could fit the mold. For sure.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm gonna share my screen real quick. Oh no. Do you think this guy looks like me? Oh. <laughs> Scooby Doo. Matthew Lillard dude that's a summer catch
2: does he look like me I could see that yeah you
0: could see him playing you for sure yeah people people come
2: up to me at like the bar in Columbia when I was in college and asked me if I was him multiple times and people will be like you know who you look like and before they even finish like, yeah I look like the fucking guy from Scooby-Doo I get it so I'd have to be Matthew Lillard but that's what everybody always says that I have looked like in my for my entire life yeah so looking
1: at that Edlo though like you guys probably have a lot of the same, at least on screen, how he acts from a community yeah, perspective. Sure. Like you guys, are,
0: you guys seem pretty similar.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I won't deny it at this point. Like, like I don't think about dump. it because people sure. bring it up, but it's like, yeah, no, that it makes a lot of sense. Yeah,
0: yeah. Seems like a slam dunk for sure. All right. Last question. It's a scenario, and then I'll lead to the question. You're in the woods by yourself. Day, daytime, nighttime, doesn't matter, whatever. You come across Sasquatch. What is your go-to protocol for a Sasquatch?
1: And that's like, that is the only context of like
0: what's yep. happening. What? Yep. You're in the woods. You come like, across we're not Sasquatch. in
1: danger. He's not. Yep. Gonna hurt us. Uh,
0: well, I don't know. What's your go-to? Yeah. What's your go-to protocol?
1: Yeah, what, what you say next leads
2: to <laughs> what could happen. Interesting. So first of all, obviously pulling out your camera. Right, you got to try and snap a pic because I'm thinking about how much that pic sells for. But then as I say say that, I'm realizing that no matter how good of a pic of Sasquatch you get, people are going to say it's fake. Nobody's ever going to admit like, yeah, no, that looks real. They're going to say Photoshopped. So I'm putting the phone away then at that point. I'm grabbing the beef jerky from my pocket because I never go in the woods without beef jerky. And I'm just offering a sign of peace if he doesn't take it and he mauls me to death i am comfortable living with the fact that like i at least went for it and just tried to have that moment with him but if he didn't want it he didn't want it you know so if he mauls me then that's what happens but yeah i'm taking the, i'm taking the beef jerky out i'm offering it and seeing where that takes me
1: yeah see i love that's like a very i want i want to give a polar approach here mm-hmm. on how how we answer this and sometimes you know i just i want to be that guy right and i think what what a what a crazy story it would be to be the one that not only saw and found sasquatch but detained him Ah. and and yeah so i think i would because like i can make up whatever i have in my pocket right sure yeah no it's your protocol so it's for this scenario four rounds of the heaviest tranquilizer guns Ah, in the game and just like rapid fire them off in him calling the boys helicopter him out probably in a you know one of those big old uh rope sacks He's just all sorts of caught in everything. Sure. Um, Get him in a spot that detains him, and then you know we run the test and find out it's not fake, and then it all comes to light. Millions. And I and I caught Sasquatch.
0: Solid solid answer, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks for being on here. Uh, Real quick, let me just thank our sponsors: thirteen fifty six Public House, Ruben Brown Ketting Eye Center, Corner Pub and Grill cardinal blinds and shutters breckenridge brewery logix high road craft ice cream stl cycle saloon lion's choice amp up action park andy's frozen custard and daily smokehouse we are full-on sponsorship mode right now um you know thanks again guys for being on this has been one of the more fun podcasts i've gotten to do this year um and i kind of knew it was going to be that when i when i asked the two of you to join me for sure so um any final thoughts? Anything you want the fans to know about before we take off?
2: John, you want to go first or second? I don't
1: have much. It's more so towards uh, the sponsorship, you know, new additions. Uh, thank you. Like Ben were said, one of them is a customer of my company, Logix, uh, High Road Craft Ice Cream. If you guys do have an opportunity to have their ice cream before they send their donated uh, goods to, the tournament, do so. It's the best damn ice cream you'll ever eat in the world. Check them out online, you can get some sent to you, but we'll have the fix-ins sent to the tournament and you'll be a loyal customer to them forever. Best ice
2: cream you'll ever eat.
0: Awesome.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I, nobody has directly you know, paid me or sponsored me in any way. So I am available for sponsorship. Yep. Um, and I, de- I technically don't endorse any of the products yet because I have not tried them, but maybe some point somebody will sway me. But no, I'm just looking forward to the season. I'm looking forward to game one. Make sure you watch that on YouTube and comment, like, subscribe
0: mm-hmm. after you
2: see that. And uh, any prospective employers that you know want me to be an announcer, just go ahead and reach out. You got my Twitter and uh, Facebook, and uh, I'm available to hire. And I'm looking forward to the season. Thanks for having us, Brian.
0: Yeah, yeah, me too, man. It's, it's getting close. I got my tank on because we got tank weather finally. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully it sticks around, but we are inching closer to season twenty and the epic culmination of this this year. So, um, got a couple more, you know, a lot more podcasts coming at you. Like I said, we got captain interviews coming up; those are being recorded as we speak. Um, and we've got the power rankings coming. We are voting on those currently with the front office, so you'll have a podcast about that prior to the season. Um, but that's it, guys. I appreciate you being on, um, and we'll have to do it again soon. Thanks, guys. See ya.
1: Thanks. We'll see ya.